Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Larson, here with another great interview and podcast episode for you guys today. We are live in person with our guest. He graduated from Damien High School in the class of 2020, and then for a short time attended Grand Canyon University, and now Cooper. Well, we welcome Cooper, uh, Denise, right? Yes. So Cooper... What's going on? I know this is more of an unconventional episode, but what are you doing in life? What's your major? Uh, so I actually currently don't have a major. I'm uh, I'm an EMT working at Care Ambulance out of Los Angeles County. No way! So you're an EMT. Yep. So what is an e- what is an EMT? What does the acronym stand for? So EMT stands for Emergency Medical Technician. So uh, as an EMT, I'm responsible for uh providing basic life support or bls uh to to the appropriate calls and such and uh just uh assisting paramedics or fire or fire paramedics as much as i can awesome so you're out in care yeah at care i've seen the emt uh the ambulances from time to time yeah i always wondered what that was uh so what got you into emt uh to become an emt was it a so, what got me into it was, uh, I come from a very long line of first responders. Uh, my grandfather was Pomona firefighter when it was still Pomona and not LA County. Uh, my dad was Ontario fire for 30 years. My brother is currently a paramedic and was an EMT for McCormick Ambulance out in South Bay of LA. And, uh, I just felt like it was, uh, you know, sort of, a like a calling almost, like, like I was, like I just was always really drawn to it, dude. Yeah. That that is that's great. Yeah, having that uh, family history, in uh, in first responding, and now you're picking up like you're you know, kind of getting the mantle. Yeah, uh, taking on the mantle of another first responder. That's so cool. Yeah, it's it's really awesome. I I I'm loving it so far. Uh, I'm just finishing my field training right now. Uh. And then I should begin my permanent schedule for my shifts here shortly, sometime next week, I believe. That's great, dude. Congratulations on yeah, that. Thank you. So what's the process like to become an EMT? Um, so it's not necessarily difficult, but it is a long process. Just depends on which way you go. So you can go one of two ways. The way I went was a little bit quicker just because I wanted to get out and get in the field as quick as I could. Uh, so you can go to they have private call they have private like little academies that are ex, that are how do you say they're uh they're shortened so they're a lot more intensive so mine was a five-week course out in riverside with west coast emt um or you can go and do your schooling at a lot of the community colleges will do them and they're usually a lot longer like i know mount sac theirs is i want to say six months oh geez yeah but that the but each one has its downfalls. So, whereas Mount Sac is really long, but you're gonna go really in depth on all your skills, and you're gonna be really confident in all your skills. And whereas with West Coast, you get finished a lot quicker. You aren't, you don't get as much practice in, and you don't get to go in as as much depth. So there, so there is a downfall there. But at the end of the day, you know we're all still gonna become EMTs. Yeah, you're all gonna be certified and yeah, get through it. Um, meet the requirements. Yeah, uh, I don't, we haven't had an EMT on this podcast yet, so you are our first one. It's really nice. exciting. Yeah, 
Um, whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. It's great to have you here. Um, so you did go to college for a couple of semesters. Yeah. Um, how was that experience? And how did you, uh, I know maybe a little personal, but how did you find like, okay, this is not for me. And I know my true calling is now to become a first responder. Well, uh, when I was in college, I was, I wasn't really committed. I wasn't really motivated. Uh, you know, I, I would miss class and I would focus a little more on the college scene and the having fun with my friends scene than I would on my studies. And I just felt like I was wasting time where I could have been out there working, getting experience and helping as much as I could doing what I want to do. Instead, I'm um, just feel like I'm just sitting around not doing anything. So I just, I felt that. I felt my. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna pull the trigger. So it was. Oh, it was. Probably November, November of last year, so 2021. Uh, I was sitting in my dorm and I called my mom and I told her what I was thinking and. She was very supportive of it, and she supported me all the way through. And I talked to my brother, and I talked to my dad, and uh, they were all very supportive. And I uh, finally pulled the trigger, and I've been out of college since December of 2021, and I'm now here. Wow, that uh, quite a story you do have uh, here, uh, you know. And it's important to know that if college isn't right for you. And if you're able to recognize that, and it, it takes a level of maturity to make those big life decisions, and it seems to have worked out in your favor here. Because yeah. um, did you find yourself way more motivated to do your EMT studies and all of that? Right. And that's that's something I would recommend to everyone is, you know, if uh, if you're true if you're doing something that you're truly not happy, but you're doing it because that's what you think your friends want, your parents want, what you know, what you think is required. Um, I would just say, go with what you want to do. Cause you know, a wise man once said, you do a job that you love. You're never going to work a day in your life. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, um, that's a great advice to be listened to. Uh, everyone should, you know, take it into consideration, you know, um, are you truly happy with what you're doing? Um, and it, it does take a sense of mature, a uh, level of maturity to, make these tough decisions so wow I'm, I'm so glad for you i'm so happy for you that yeah. you found this so you've talked about field training and that's what you're kind of doing right now yeah. what does that involve what um take me through like one of your days what, what are you doing okay so uh field training at care is a uh, 24-hour shifts so uh i'm working 24 straight hours with myself my field training officer, who's also an EMT, and his partner, who's also an EMT. So there's three of us in one rig. Uh, so, for example, I'm uh, currently working out of Claremont uh, with a, a car. Uh, what's our unit eighty two oh seven? That's our number. And uh, we'll just so we have a station. We'll be at the station for however long we can, and then uh, we have pagers and a cell phone that connects us to dispatch, and they'll tell us if we need to go post somewhere or if we have a call. And then just from there, you know, we'll uh, yeah, we'll just kind of go with whatever the day brings us. Wow, yeah, that's awesome. And so, are you um, in the back of the ambulance? Are you driving the ambulance? Or are you? So right now in my training, I'm kind of doing it all. Like they have me doing a lot of different things. So, uh, so with every call that we get, 
they have me driving code three to the call, which means lights and sirens. Uh, and then once we get to the call, my FTO kind of decides what what he wants me to do. So if it's a if it's a BLS call, so basic life support, he'll have me in the back doing patient care. Um, if it's an ALS call, which is uh, assisted life support, uh, if it's an ALS call, he'll have me either driving if it's not a working call, which means like we're not doing a lot. It's just kind of like ALS needs to be there because of the what's going on. Uh, but if it's a working call, he'll have me in the back with uh, the paramedics. Gotcha. Wow, that's interesting. So what have you, uh, have, has anything kind of like caught your eye and or uh, that you find like, oh man, I actually enjoy this part of the job more than the other parts of the job? Or um, Yeah, I definitely would say driving Go 3 is one of the coolest things ever. You know, uh, I feel like it's every every person's dream to be able to just speed through traffic like that yeah um definitely definitely one of the coolest parts of this job uh i definitely say one of my least favorite parts is is what's it's what's called holding the wall holding the wall basically means is that you get to the hospital and uh when you get there uh you register your patient and then the nurse will be like all right go ahead and go to the charge nurse tell her what you got and then she'll get the doctor here and depending on how severe of a call it is, you might get a bed in a few minutes, but it's usually never like that. So usually you're holding the wall for a few hours. Jeez, so you're just chilling, waiting there for a bed. Yeah, yeah. so that's when you kind of just you do your paperwork, you're uh, getting uh, fresh vital signs, you're uh, just doing everything you can to keep the patient comfortable and occupied while you're waiting for the doctor to come. Gotcha. So, have you, um, what does the paperwork involve? Like, how, is it just, um, you know, age, height, personal information, all that stuff? Like, so, yeah, so we'll, uh, so, uh, yeah, so personal information, uh, we'll pick up, like, their, their name, their address, all that stuff. Uh, we'll get, obtain their health insurance information as well, uh, just for billing purposes, uh, because we are, uh, we're a private ambulance company. We're not state-owned. We're not federally owned. So we we do bill people for our services. So um, we have to get that. But if they have health insurance, it usually covers most of it. And then we'll also go into, uh, let's see, what else is there? So we'll, uh, we'll write down the vital signs as well that we obtain at the scene. And then we'll get a set of vital signs that we have before transfer of care. And transfer of care is just basically when someone of lower medical authority, so like an EMT, transfers their care to a charge nurse at the hospital. That's the transfer of care, you get a signature for it. Uh, obtain a signature from the patient saying you know, that they were given proper care and uh, that their information will be protected because uh, we do have to follow HIPAA guidelines, which is health insurance privacy. Um, and then we'll also go into what we found during our assessment, what uh, interventions we performed, uh, as an EMT, there's really not much you can do uh, for interventions. Uh, one of the things we have is called comfort measures, and it's literally just give them a pillow and a blanket. Yeah. Um, and then we'll also do a pain assessment. So, like, on a scale of 0 out of 10, 10 being the worst pain you ever felt, how would you rate this pain? Um, but, yeah. And so that's, that's about what we do. And we'll also go, uh, we have a narrative that we write, so... We're going from start of the call to the end of the call. What you saw, 
what the paramedics saw, what the patient states, and then what you did to help that patient out. Gotcha. Wow, that is interesting. I've never, <clears throat> I've never really um, talked in depth to, and I've never taken a hospital or an ambulance ride, so I don't. I've never like really heard what goes on inside. It's very, it's very uh, interesting insight. So thank yeah. you for that. I yeah. appreciate that. Um, so how does the whole? So you guys say you're a private company. Yeah. Uh, how does that work with like the dispatchers and then the hospitals? Do the hospitals like have their own? ambulances or is it all like a private company has a uh, partnership with some hospital here or there so it really depends on what state you're in where you're at so uh and it also really depends on counties so for example we're here in san bernardino county right now and that's amr amr currently holds the 911 uh oh what is it the contract they hold the 911 contract with san bernardino county uh, but CARE, we have the 911 contract for Los Angeles and Orange County. Um, and so we are the sole 911 providers in those counties. And the only ones that, the only other people that can go 911 is uh, fire departments. Because some fire departments have their own uh, ambulances. So, gotcha. like, for example, uh, Laverne Fire has their own. Uh, Costa Mesa, Anaheim, they all have their own ambulances. And uh, we'll actually uh, care. We'll have in Costa Mesa and Anaheim, they will have employees that are that work at care. They work at the fire station. They live with the fire guys. They live with the firefighters. They sleep, eat with the firefighters. The only way you would know that they're care employees is their paycheck. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. All right, that that explains because I've I've noticed like I've started to notice why like because I went to you know I went to school this past year at Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles in Westchester and I've noticed the care uh, ambulances and I was like those don't look like the ones at home yeah because as you said AMR is out here yeah and I'm used to seeing you know ambulances come for um you know out in Upland here in San Bernardino. And it's usually AMR. AMR. Right. Uh, yeah, there's a couple times on campus, I, sadly, there were ambulances and they were all care. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, we get calls. We get calls to the colleges. All the time. Yeah, because uh, you're over by the Claremont College. Yeah, I'm right there by the Claremont Colleges. So have you, gotten, have you gotten a lot of calls there? Actually, I've only... I'm trying to think now. I think I've only gone once. And it, okay. was, just, it was just for this guy who passed out because he was... Like, we asked him, did you eat this morning? He's like, no. I was like, oh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why you passed out, man. <laughs> it, that that does happen. That um, that causes some, uh, that could cause you to pass out. So, um, we're running a little short on time here. Cooper, it has been a blast having you here and talk to us about being an EMT and kind of the process and what goes on through that. Is there any last advice you would like to give our audience today? Um, yeah, just, uh, if you, if you have a calling, if you feel like you're really drawn to that side of emergency medicine and you want to become an EMT or you want to go into fire or you want to become a nurse and work in the ERs, I totally support it. I think it's one of the greatest, greatest things you can do and, you know, you get to help people and, uh, for those people who do want to go into it or are working into it, just remember when you go on those calls and you think oh this is bs like i don't need to we don't need to be here they don't need an emt something my my dad told me is uh 
just because this call to you isn't the worst day of your life, it's not, you, you wouldn't call 911, doesn't mean it's not their worst day. So, just always remember, you know, have some sympathy for people and know that, um, you know, they're gonna, they, they might see something as a huge deal, whereas you might not. So, just, you know, be respectful, uh, yeah, and if you want to go into emergency medicine, do it. It's a great gig. No, it seems, it seems like an awesome gig, and wow, you're so passionate about it, and you, you really have are well-spoken about it, so thank you so much for being here today, Cooper. Thank you. Pleasure having you on this podcast. Uh, to our audience, thank you guys for listening so much, and uh, we'll catch you guys next Monday. Peace.